Some brands offer you low finance or cashback or servicing. Renault don't do ors. We do ands. The Renault Kajar with 1.91% APR and €1,000 cashback and three years servicing, saving you thousands. Renault, the brand with the ands. Visit your local Renault dealer. Finances made under a higher purchase agreement. Terms and conditions apply. Deposit required. Subject to lending criteria. See Renault.ie. Welcome to another podcast by InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC Sports, your home for Tar Heel football, basketball, and recruiting. Welcome to the Inside Carolina podcast. John Siegley here with Don Callahan talking UNC football recruiting. Don, we are recording on Sunday afternoon as we have been here for the last couple of weeks. How's your weekend going so far, man? Oh, it's been crazy. I probably couldn't tell you what day it was if you didn't just say it just now. It's just the way that the camp season goes with, uh, you know, we started on Thursday and goes all the way to the freak show on Saturday. Every single day there is at least one camp. Saturday there were two, the specialist camp and then obviously a normal camp. There'll be a really long camp on Thursday with a seven on seven camp. Um, So, yeah, and, and you have commitments mixed in there. It's a very. It's probably it's one of my busier times of the year, no doubt, if if not the busiest, to be completely honest. Well, your coverage has been excellent so far, man. I mean, every single day there's been very detailed reports on what recruits were there and who looked good, and just a whole ton of information on the Tarpit Premium message board. So I encourage everyone to definitely check that out. Look at it this way, Don. It's probably not going to get easier for you with the freak show coming up either, huh? No, I mean that's uh, that's obviously the busiest, one of the busiest days of the year when it comes to recruiting. The good thing is, is that there's so much energy at the freak show for those who have never attended. And it's, I don't think the term is open to the public, but I think it's open if you want to just kind of come in, you know. So I think it's one of those things where they can't really say oh, it's open to the public. But if you were to walk into Keenan Stadium on Saturday night around, I don't know, seven, eight o'clock, uh, no one's going to turn you away. No one's going to. Yeah, tell you you can't be there, but what you will see is a lot of really good players in the football field, a lot of energy from um, you know the people on the sidelines, the coaches, the current Tar Heels that are out there, the former Tar Heels that will be there. Um, it's a really good time, and that really, to be completely honest, after a long ten days of just uh, just kind of grinding out there, it it really kind of keeps you going. You kind of forget about it because it's just such an an exciting event, and and it just goes by so quickly. So if you're in the area, I definitely urge you to come by for for the freak show and and watch it. Yeah, I've not been myself ever just because that it's usually this is a very busy time of year for me, but I have had some friends who've gone and they say it's an amazing time and you know, it's probably pretty cool for recruits if they see a lot of Carolina faithful there, you know, cheering on, on the Tar Heels. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's you know, I think one of the things that we've talked about is in prior podcasts is the fan support, how that needs a boost. Um, and, uh, you know, it speaks volumes if, if a bunch of fans are there watching a, a camp, really, when it comes down to it. And the recruits notice those, those sort of things. That's the one thing that, that fans can really kind of control is the fan support. And they will most definitely notice that there's a bunch of fans in Keenan Stadium. All right. Well, hopefully there's a decent turnout for that. And, you know, hopefully a lot of high-end recruits are there. I know that there's a lot scheduled and you'll be working on the list, I'm sure, throughout the week, Don. Do you think that might be finalized like Thursday, Friday, somewhere around there? 
Um, I, I don't know. Um, I have a very, very lengthy list right now of just kind of um, talking to different sources, talking to different recruits, high school coaches, and that sort of thing. Very lengthy, very impressive. I think it's safe to assume that the majority of UNC's top targets will be there from, from multiple classes, not just the 2019 class, but also the 2020 class. Um, so, And there's going to be guys who camp at North Carolina this week, and the coaches are going to ask them to come back for the freak show. Coleman Wright did that last year and end up earning a, a scholarship offer. So there's always that possibility too. But yeah, it, it's going to be you know, the list that I have right now is very, very impressive. I don't know exactly when because I don't want to say it's going to come out on a specific day and then get a PM um, the next day saying, hey, where's the list? You said it was going to be up there. Um, but I would like to put out a preliminary list early in the week and then have a more, I guess, hard set list. I mean, nothing's ever official because you know UNC can't provide me a list, but I like to have my own personal hard list by uh you know i guess thursday friday ish would would be the ideal target time but don't don't hold me to it ah gotcha well you know that'll be tough don you are the the number one source for information for Tar Heel fans out there when it comes to the football recruiting so you know expectations are high my friend (laughs) well um i don't i I guess that's that's kind of a a flattery thing but it's also a little bit of a burden but we need to get into these uh these top five rankings because they were Definitely. they were pretty interesting. Yeah, I agree. Go ahead and remind everybody, Don, what the top five was, and then go ahead and jump right into the submissions that you received. All right, so we did top five recruits committed to another ACC school that you would like to be committed to North Carolina. That's probably the simplest way. We will not be doing a top uh, top five next week. Uh, John is going on vacation i i definitely want to get it back going because i think the fans really kind of enjoy it but so let's let's just dive into our submissions from our listeners and first we have paul from morganton he has sam howe commit to florida state akeem dent commit to florida state frank lanson committed to clemson uh, keon lesane committed to nc state and tony davis committed to duke and then i have Kevin Behan, who is uh, from um, Holly Springs, he lives right down the street from me, literally. Um, his top five in order, Sam Howe, Florida State, Drake Thomas, NC State, Jalen Scott, NC State, Landon uh, Zanders, Clemson, Tony Davis, Duke. Now we have, uh, we, we actually have, I have to deliver a um, an apology here. So our oh. good buddy, John from South Carolina, who's a head football coach in South Carolina, head high school football coach in South Carolina. He submitted his top five last week, and I didn't I didn't see it. So he Aww. wants to make sure. Yeah, and he's been our Cal Ripken. So I got to make sure that that's on me. That was my fault. John submitted it. He submitted it in, in time, just like he submitted this one in time, and it was completely um, my fault. So he still is our Iron Man, all right? So his top five are Frank Lansing, wide receiver from Clemson, Sam Howe, quarterback from Florida State, Akeem Dent, cornerback from Florida State, Tim McKay, offensive guard from NC State, and Jaleel McRae, outside linebacker from Florida State. Then we have another, uh, this is probably our, you know, we have 1A, 1B for our Iron Man, um, Deldrick from Nightdale. His top five in order are 
Akeem Dent, Florida State, Jeremiah Payton from Miami, Dante Lucas, Florida State, Tony Davis from uh, Duke, or committed to Duke, and last, Cameron Williams, defensive end from committed to Miami. My last one, I don't have a name, and I probably and I should have came back and asked him. But number one, and he makes sure to put in that this is a distant number one, is Sam Hale, committed to Florida State, followed by Akeem Dent, committed to Florida State, Quinshawn Fuller, defensive tackle, committed to Florida State. A lot of Florida State guys on his list. Uh, Jalen Scott, linebacker, committed to NC State, and Brian Hudson, offensive lineman, committed to Virginia Tech. Now you have you have one submission. Yep, there was one submission. They actually ended up messaging both of us on. This is from Blue Epidemic. So I will read his five. He had number five, Brian Hudson, for, uh, who's committed to Virginia Tech. Joseph Charleston for Clemson. Tony Davis with Duke. Sam Howell with Florida State. And then Frank Ladson, the wide receiver that Clemson has committed. All right. So then let's go ahead and get into ours. I think I started last week, Don, so you can kick us off this time. All right. My number five is Keon Lassane. I spoke very highly of him in my top 50 that, that we ran um, a couple of weeks ago. Um, he's a wide receiver out of Butler High School, right just outside of Charlotte. Um, great slot receiver. I felt like he would have been unbelievable in North Carolina's offense because he would be the ideal A-back, but he obviously chose to commit to NC State. So who is your number five? Well, my number five was Anthony Huff, who's a linebacker out of Miami. Real quick on, on Lesane, I a lot of people had him. Uh, my thing does that weird little puff of air thing. <clears throat> Back three, two, one. A lot of people had him on their list. I did not have him on mine, Don. I agree with you, though. I think he would have been a great fit for the offense. But you're going to notice a theme with my top five pretty quick here. But Anthony Huff was number five. He is a four-star linebacker that Miami currently has recruited. He's a player that I think the Heels really could have used on the defensive side, especially at that linebacker spot, which is, in, in my opinion, the number one position where the Heels need to add both depth and some talent. So then my number four was Anthony Solomon, who's another linebacker for Miami. He's ranked a little bit higher than Huff, um, but this is another four-star guy. I think Solomon is a little bit probably there. I think Miami's counting on him maybe to do a little bit more than Huff. I think he's a little bit bigger as well. But I really liked the the two linebacker commitments that the Hurricanes have. Both of those guys look like, like they can really be players at the college level. And, you know, for UNC to land two real stud linebackers, I know that that was the hope for last year. Unfortunately, that did not happen with the recruiting class. So if I could have my pick, I would definitely want these guys on the recruit list for this uh, for this class. All right. So then my who was number your number four? four? Yep. My number four is Sam Howe, who oh. North Carolina obviously – had its eye on for this class to be its quarterback because he's an in-state guy who, um, you know, and obviously you always want your in-state guys to to come to your school, especially if it's one of the top quarterbacks in the nation. He committed to Florida State. Uh, he had a very good relationship with Coach Heckendorf and, and all the coaches at North Carolina. But, um, you know, a couple of visits uh, obviously changed his mind, and he ended up at Florida State. So I'm going to go number three is Akeem Dent a cornerback out of Florida who is committed 
to Florida State. A uh, five-star guy, can't go wrong there. Uh, great athlete, plays both both sides of the ball. Um, I think he can do a lot of different things in the secondary. He can be a shutdown guy. He can be a guy who, um, who who reads the defense and kind of sees what's happening and makes a play. He's not just purely a guy you just throw out on an island and just kind of let him do that. He's a guy who's going to get involved in the defense, get get involved in run support. So who is your number three? Well, I had both your number three and number four guys as well, Don, but much higher than you. So that, that that's interesting. My number three was Cameron Kelly, who's the athlete slash defensive back in Virginia Tech's class right now. He is someone that I really thought the heels, you know, were going after hard, but looks like they backed off. He committed to the Hokies, um, what, a couple months ago? I'm not sure, but, you know, he, he was a name that I definitely remember being on the recruiting board early on. And, you know, I think that adding him would have really given some help. He's a bigger guy. I think he's going to develop into a safety. And, you know, again, I, th- I think on that side of the ball, the Tar Heels really need to add a lot of these playmaker guys. My number two was Sam Howell which is why you know, I was a little bit surprised that you had him all the way down at number four, Don. Um, a lot of people had, had him high. Yeah, well, I mean, it was. I think Sam is a very, very good quarterback, but I think that he benefits a lot from this being nationwide a very uh, not-so-great quarterback class. And, and then also the guys I have listed above him are, are guys that, that – you know, you just pop on the film and you're like, wow, this, this is a really good player. You know, including, I don't I want to reveal my top two, but the one guy I've already revealed, um, Dent, is, you know, he's a, he's a dynamic player. Um, he's a guy that can contribute a lot of different ways. So, so that's why I went that route. Gotcha. Yeah, with Howell, I think the reason why I had him at number two and probably why a lot of people had him so high was just the optics of him being a nationally recruited quarterback, even if the class itself is not the best. He is still someone that, you know, is in Carolina's backyard. And I was really hoping that the Heels were going to land him. So maybe there's a little bit of that in-state bias happening with uh, putting him at number two. So well, and then the other thing is, is, I mean, there's a lot of that mentality that goes into making decisions, not just at North Carolina, but other schools. I mean, you want to take care of your home state recruits. So, um, so yeah, I mean, you're, you're not wrong in having that mentality whatsoever. Uh, good deal. All right, let's hear your top two then, Don. All right, my number two is Frank Lanson, who is a you know, big-time wide receiver, five-star guy. But more important than that, North Carolina wants to add – they want to add at least – well, now it's three receivers. They got one committed. They got like a little slot guy, and we'll talk about this a little bit later on. But uh, mm-hmm. Wilton Spotsville, he committed last week, and we'll, we'll talk about that. But – um they would love to get a long receiver. And what I mean by long is a tall receiver, long arms, you know, Quinshaw Davis, a Bug Howard, a guy in that mold. And this Frank Lanson is exactly that. He's a big, long receiver who you can send him, send him deep on a, on a nine route, and he's going to come up with a ball. He, he'll get the jump balls, that sort of thing. And that's, that's something that North Carolina's offense didn't have really last year and would love to have in him if they, if they if they could and i guess we're going with my number one right all right let's do it do you do you have an idea who it might be um uh, i actually don't but i know that we need okay. to do our drum roll all right go ahead ready my man crush tony davis oh i should have known yeah he's committed to duke 
been committed there since December. North Carolina offered him. I think it was it was right. It was actually um, Gunner Brewer's last offer that he sent out was to um, Tony Davis. So uh, whenever that time frame was, um, he's been kind of toying with the idea of of looking into North Carolina, but also wants to kind of stay loyal to a school that's been loyal to him. With all that aside, I think he's a great athlete. He's great size, um, you know, tremendous in the return game. You know, he's the ideal cover two corner. I've mentioned, and this is obviously not for this conversation, but um, Shaheen Battle, I, I've mentioned my love affair with him. And um, and I actually think Tony Davis is better because he's a little bit more fluid of an athlete and can also contribute in, in the return game. So um, that's my number one. John's number one is Akeem Dent. So oh, I went wow. for the yeah I went for the five star guy w- with my number one because I mean I know that that you've got your man crush and everything, Don. But you know, honestly, if it came down to it, Akeem. I mean, dude, this kid can play. I mean, you you talked about him a little bit earlier with the fact that he can cover both um, a lot of positions in, in the backfield. I mean, he's a five-star guy. I think he's top 50 at least. I don't have his ranking up in front of me anymore. But out of all the guys who are currently committed to other schools, uh, he is a cornerback that's currently committed to Florida State, like you mentioned. He would be the one that I would add to this class because if you can land someone of his caliber, not, not only does it solidify the entire class, but it also just gives you that bump for re- recruiting rankings and really allows your coaches to say, hey, we have a five-star guy. You know, we're building something. Absolutely. So, so yep. where do we go next? All right. Well, uh, to go next, let's go ahead and start talking about the camps that, ha- that you have been spending countless hours covering. Uh, we will take a commercial break at some point here, Don, but before we do that, Let's uh, at least get through one day. So the camp started on Thursday, and I think that there were quite a few names there. The one that jumped out to me was Zach Calzada. Let's start with him. How important was it to get Zach on campus for this camp, Don, and how did you think that he performed? Well, he performed really well, um, and that's what you expect for a, a kid who just a couple days earlier competed in the Elite 11 final finalist camp. Um, he didn't qualify for the Elite 11, but you know, there was only, I think it was 24 quarterbacks nationwide that were selected to attend that, and he was one of them, and that's a huge accomplishment in itself. As far as how the visit went and, and actually getting him on campus, that was huge. So now North Carolina has had all of its top quarterback targets, and we've talked about this. The Right now it's four because one of them – Luke McCaffrey, the fifth one, he actually visited North Carolina, and then a couple days later, he committed to Nebraska. So he's out of the picture. We've talked Mm -hmm. about uh, John Rice Plumley. We had a story up from his visit, which was very positive. Um, I also, um, earlier last week before Thursday, a couple days before Thursday, Maverick McIver, he visited. We have a report up from that that visit. During the spring, Connor Baslick, he visited North Carolina. So getting Calzado on campus was important because now you can kind of see, all right, we, UNC obviously has a, um, a ranking in their head as far as what guys they would prefer. But really, when it comes to those four, it's kind of splitting hairs. So you'll be happy with any of the four. So you can kind of do a you know, first come, first serve sort of mentality when it comes to a commitment. 
But in addition to that, now you get a little bit of feedback now that they've been on campus and you can kind of get a feel for, okay, who do we have the best chance with and that sort of thing. And so that was important. And I think I wouldn't be surprised if we have an idea of what's going to happen with North Carolina's quarterback recruiting before the freak show. If not before the freak show, I'd be surprised if something wasn't finalized at the freak show. I mean, I, I really would be shocked if this goes into July without any sort of um, resolution whatsoever. And getting Calzado on campus was a huge part of getting the ball rolling on all that stuff. All right. So who are a couple of the other bigger named prospects that the Carolina fans might recognize just on a name basis for but Thursday? For Thursday, Savion Jackson is a big one, but I think that we can probably just uh, kind of forget that. Um, uh, <laughs> I mean, it's good to yeah. get him on campus. Uh, you know, I go a little bit more into detail about about the situation in my camp scoop, so I urge everybody to read that so you can kind of get that. But we, I won't go into him too much. C.J. Clark is a big one. We've actually we're going to have another story up on him, so people are going to be sick of him um, early this <laughs> week, perhaps Monday. You know, he uh, this was his first of four visits to North Carolina in a span of I think it's um, I think it's about 10 days. Yeah, 10 days because uh, he's it's all during the the, the camp uh, camp schedule. And so um, so it was important to get him there. He also visited this past weekend. He was he was made a, a quick appearance during a Saturday's camp, which we'll get into. He'll be back for uh, North Carolina seven on seven camp on Thursday and then he'll be back for the freak show. And then two days later, on June 18th, he'll make a verbal commitment. And for those who have been following this, they know that Georgia is actually leading the, um, the group of his, his final three, which are North Carolina, Georgia, and NC State. The four-star defensive tackle plans on making a decision on the 18th between those three schools. So getting these visits in is going to be important for North Carolina to gain the ground that they, they, that they have lost and potentially – uh, score that verbal commitment on on June 18th. Uh, outside of that, there you know Drew Little w- was by um just kind of hanging out with um you know with with CJ and then also th- they both were there supporting their teammates. There was a, a pair of Florida wide receivers that were offered during the camp, but uh yeah, for th- those are the main guys for the, the Thursday camp. All right, let's go and take our commercial break then Don. When we come back, we'll talk about Friday and Saturday's camps as well as the two verbal commitments that the heels have secured over the last week. So stay tuned. We'll be right back after this. Some brands offer you low finance or cashback or servicing. Renault don't do ors. We do ands. The Renault Kajar with 1.91% APR and 1,000 euro cashback and three years servicing, saving you thousands. Renault, the brand with the ands. Visit your local Renault dealer. Finances made under a higher purchase agreement. Terms and conditions apply. Deposit required. Subject to lending criteria. See Renault.ie. Some brands offer you low finance or cashback or servicing. Renault don't do ors. We do ands. The Renault Kajar with 1.91% APR and 1,000 euro cashback and three years servicing. Saving you thousands. Renault, the brand with the ands. Visit your local Renault dealer. Finances made under a higher purchase agreement. Terms and conditions apply. Deposit required. Subject to lending criteria. See Renault.ie. And we are back with the Inside Carolina podcast. John Siegel here with Don Callahan talking UNC football recruiting. 
All right, Don, let's go ahead and jump over to the Friday camp. From reading the scoop on the message board about that one, it looked as if the overall talent may have been a little bit down as opposed to Thursday, but there were still a lot of names that I had not really seen pop up before that the staff is really going after. Yeah, the, the main ones, uh, KJ Johnson was there. He's a uh, a defensive back from Buford, Georgia. And for those who don't follow UNC football recruiting closely, Buford, Georgia is one of the one of the big bigger powerhouses in the entire nation. They they constantly I mean, I think this class right now, they have probably I think like a dozen kids with scholarship offers. It it's it's really insane just the talent that they have pumped out. And North Carolina has benefited from that. Nick Polino went to Buford, uh Mikey Bart, Nathan Staub, recent signee Bryson Richardson is from Buford. So this is a school that North Carolina has a good relationship with, but I mean, they, they, they pump them out as far as your know, top recruits. It's, it's just insane. Um, so to get a kid like this on campus is huge. But now you're kind of wondering what's going to happen with the DB situation now that UNC has three DBs committed. We'll get into that a little bit when we talk about the commitment stuff. Outside of uh, KJ Johnson, they had uh, Seth Williams, who I think is a guy who, if he would have camped, now he, he hurt his, uh, his foot at a Virginia Tech camp. If he would have camped, I, I believe that he would have left North Carolina with, with a scholarship offer. But the guy I really wanted to talk about, who isn't, I guess, you, well, he's not a name guy, quote-unquote name guy. Brendan Harrington is a defensive back out of Northwood High School in Pittsburgh, so it's very, very close to Chapel Hill. I was incredibly impressed by this kid, and I, I, I believe you can kind of feel that uh my my impressions uh, pretty strongly in my write up about uh Harrington and from the sources I spoke to after the camp I wasn't the only one that was impressed all the coaches who who watched him were very 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 impressed and um I mean he's just a physical guy he's a guy who I I would be shocked if he doesn't add a couple of uh impressive offers in in the next couple of weeks through the the, the camp process because I mean he just had an unbelievable camp at North Carolina and if UNC was looking to expand its DB pool, which it it's not right now, he would be a guy who would be in line for a for a scholarship offer for sure. And as you mentioned, Harrington was someone that I had not even seen pop up on the any sort of recruiting stuff. And you know that's a good reason for that. Like you said, he just hasn't really been evaluated. But yeah, Don, I mean, from the reports and just talking and hearing you right now, it sounds as if you really really liked what this kid did on the field. Yeah, I mean, he was very, very impressive. Now, he does have a couple of offers, Army and Charlotte. And the other thing, and not, I don't want to toot my own horn horn here, but he was listed within my honorable mention for the NC Top 50. And I liked him on film. I wasn't, obviously, I wasn't nearly as impressed with his film as I was with seeing him in person. And that's, you know, kind of, com- you know, kind of common. I mean, if, if I were a college uh, recruiter, the first thing I would do is go back and look, you know, because when I'm doing my rankings, I'm looking at highlight film, you know, uh, I'm looking at two, three minutes of highlight film to, to make my evaluations. What I would do is I'd go back and, and pull out two or three full games and watch them and see if what I saw in camp is being replicated on the film uh, and go from there. For my purposes, there's not a whole lot that I would get out of doing that, but uh, unless North Carolina were to offer him. But, uh, I mean, he's definitely a guy that deserves a second look for um, 
for colleges who who need some defensive backs and and really he could be you know he's so physical but yet so fast he could be bulked up and moved to linebacker so he's he's a guy you could do a lot of different things with and if there's any college coaches listening to the show which I don't think there are but if there are any um I I definitely urge you to to watch his film check out his uh anything you can find out on him because I think he's he's a guy worth you know giving a look all right. Well, I mean, and he's certainly a name that Carolina fans can monitor because, like you said, Don, I mean, situations in recruiting can change, you know, on a moment's notice, quite literally. So we'll see what happens. Uh, let's go ahead and jump on to Saturday's camp. This camp had a little bit more of that star power that we saw on Thursday. And in my opinion, this was probably the most well attended camp if you are looking at just Carolina's prospects, especially some of the bigger name guys. Yeah, um, and just just to kind of uh, clarify, this was the the only day that there's actually two camps. So the day started off at I think it was seven a.m. with a specialist camp, um, which is long snappers, kickers, punters. So Drew Little, who's been committed to North Carolina for uh, a month or two now, he was there. He was you know he was at least with the long snappers, he stole the show. You know, heads and shoulders above everybody else. Um, there's a couple of punters that North Carolina really liked. I have a full breakdown of what the situation with the specialists are, what some of the guys that stood out who could potentially be options for North Carolina on my report. As far as what you mentioned, you know, star power with UNC recruits, it was kind of, it turned into a battle of Storm Duck, who has, who entered camp with a UNC scholarship offer, and Choffrey Brown, who John has a little bit of a man crush on. Um, <laughs> and, and those guys went head to head. And I tell you, um, you know, I, I went and kind of looked, looked like did a little bit deeper diving after I um, posted my report. And I did alter it or edit it to, with with the with the additional information. I noticed that Choffrey just wasn't himself. You know, he wasn't. Um, you know, he he didn't seem eager to play. He 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 was he was getting beat a lot in one on ones, which is surprising. Uh, didn't seem to have the speed that he normally has. So I went and, and talked to a couple of his coaches, and I was told that he actually pulled his hamstring during the state championship uh, track meet. And so that makes a little bit of sense for those who have ever pulled their hamstring. You can know that it's, it's, it's difficult to do a whole lot of physical things, especially at high speeds, the high speeds that uh, Chaffrey is used to running at. Um, but in addition to those guys, um, you know, you know, CJ Clark made a quick appearance as part of the, the weekend visit that, that I talked about early on in the show. Um, there's a couple of underclassmen that, that, really were impressive and I'm, I'm just gonna gonna do john's job here and i'm gonna segue for him <laughs> right after the camp storm duck went right up to larry fedora's office and verbally committed to unc and so he ended up being the second commit in three days for north carolina so um john when you saw welton spotsville commit to north carolina on thursday and then Storm Duck commit on Saturday. How are you feeling? You know, what's you, you know, um, someone had a really coined a really um, good nickname for you, the, the pulse of the fans. So, so give me that pulse. Tell me what's what's the pulse like right now? You got two commitments in three days. All right. Well, I think with Spotsville, it was a little bit of an expected one, given that his finalists came down to Carolina and ECU. I believe was the other one. Correct, Don. ECU and West Virginia. Okay. 
So West Virginia was probably the 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 real you know competition there. Although I got the sense that actually ECU probably finished number two behind the the heels. But in that recruitment, I feel that it was one that you know Carolina fans can kind of get behind. Um, Spotsville definitely has some potential there. I think though that he does have some limitations when it comes to what he's going to be able to do on the field. He's not the tallest guy. Um, you know, he, he does have some solid weight right now at 195. So hopefully he can add a lot of muscle to, to that frame. But, you know, you'll take any three-star wide receiver guy that, the, that Larry Fedora wants because if there's one thing that Coach Fedora has shown is that he can really look out for, for wide receivers. I mean, look no further than Austin Prohl, who uh, you know, I think he was unranked at the very beginning. And Austin may have ended up a three-star, and he crushed it at Carolina. So not saying that Spotsville will have that, that sort of same impact, but I think that he is an in-state guy. He's out of Havelock, which is probably the most important thing about the whole thing that I feel like fans are happy about. Havelock and Carolina have had some rocky times in the past, so to get a kid from that high school maybe shows that some bridges are being mended, and that could pay dividends for you know years down the line. Yeah, I agree with all of that. Um, just to kind of elaborate a little bit more, one of, I guess, the hurt feelings was the handling, uh, early on handling of Spotsville's recruitment. But obviously, um, that's water under the bridge. Everybody's happy now. And, uh, you know, Havelock's going to have players. From what I was told from coaches there, they believe in, they, have, they have a couple players coming up. They're going to be unreal. And last time their coaches told me that they had a bunch of players coming up through the grapevine that was the class of Darrell Scott and, and he had a couple other players um, that were also being recruited um, Keon Joyner that sort of that sort of group um, so I mean they're going to constantly produce talent so whenever you have a good relationship with with that program particularly it's an in-state program that's constantly producing talent you want to have that relationship oh what yeah about, absolutely what about Storm Duck that came a little bit later on a Saturday and I'm sure John was was out about probably downtown someplace you working know, drinking a martini I wish. outside it was a nice day but no i was inside doing work man um storm duck i mean a plus name like yeah i don't know how you could get much better than that <laughs> but from what you saw in the camp don and from the reviews it sounds as if he is a pretty physical safety and you know you you had some high praise for him in, in your report even yeah and the thing too is you know i'm always accused of being a homer which is people who actually know me know me would uh believe that that's the the wrong way to classify me absolutely but You're actually instead more of negative than, than positive i think yeah yeah but you know <laughs> outside fans they they will um they call me a homer whenever I do these things so but i actually wrote up my i guess report my evaluation prior to his commitment. And so, and really what ended up happening was I had my report about, I don't know, 90% done. And then he committed and then I had to handle all the stuff with that. So, um, so it kind of pushed me back a little bit, but uh, instead of me giving an evaluation and all of that here on the radio, which obviously would be really good radio. um, I have video of his one-on-one reps. I have, I believe I got all of them. If I missed one, it was only one. I only missed one of his one-on-one reps. I got some of his reps also 
during drills. So you can kind of see for yourself just the type of player and make your own judgments. I feel like that's so important. Everybody, I get it. We, we have the rankings. The rankings are important. The rankings are good to look at, especially if you're kind of on the fly, kind of want to get an idea of, you know, what quality of player that you're kind of talking about. But I always urge people to don't just trust the rankings. You go go and yeah. look at the film, judge for yourself, and just understand that that recruiting rankings, yes, you are probably not going to be as good of a evaluator as a college coach. And that's fine. No one no one's saying you have to be, but at least you have an idea what you're looking at. The more you look at this stuff, the more you're kind of making evaluations, the more you're kind of checking your evaluations with what happens in a couple of years, the better you're going to get at these sort of things. And keep in mind that these college coaches make mistakes all the time because it's not a science, it's an art. And the best way to look at any sort of evaluation of any sort of sport is look at it as like art evaluation. You know, John and I can look at Mona Lisa and we're going to be like, man, that's a, that's a really good, that's a really good uh, painting. But we can look at another photo and I could say, man, I'm going to put that in the mantle of my, my living room. And John would be like, man, I wouldn't hang that in my basement next to uh, my cat box. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that's, that's really, and that really happens. And, and that happens on coaching staffs. There's a lot of disagreements. There's, there's, there's uh, some coaches who, on, on a particular coaching staff that think that a kid is really good. And there's some coaches on that same staff who say, man, that kid's garbage. And that, and that happens. So, so don't be afraid of that. So definitely watch the film. I'll have the film up on Monday. I can promise you that. Um, on Monday, I'll have the film up. So definitely give that a, 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 a gander. And um, you know, make sure you let us know what, what you think from what you see on the message board. You kind of buried the uh, the main highlight, Don, is Duck ran a 4.38, and that was yes. on the grass in Keenan, right? Yes, and everybody complains about how slow the, the grass field in Keenan is when they're, when they're doing the 40-yard dash. And so it's impressive that, that he... Um, ran a, a four three eight. From I asked what his other time was because they run they run it twice both ways. So one time you're getting the win, one time you're not. And it was in the uh, in the four point fours. I don't know exactly where, but I mean, still that's still impressive, especially when you consider uh, Choffrey Brown, who is a track athlete. His fastest forty time that day, the same conditions on the same field, was a four point five. And I don't think. Anyone has ran under a four five all summer yet. Um, I, I would have to I would have to double check with sources on that. But I think that the only one is, to do that is Storm Duck. And then you look at his size to, that he's doing that. It's it's, it's it's extremely impressive. It is very impressive, no matter how you look at it. Let's go ahead and wrap up the podcast. So Don, we're talking about the guys that were at the camp on Sunday. You kind of labeled this as the Elite QB Academy Day. Just real quick, give us a, a tidbit of some of the guys that were there for, for this one. Well, first, uh, we'll have a full report up uh, Sunday night. Luke Doty is the guy that, uh, that I talk about a lot, the guy that I was really, really impressed with. I go into detail just about you know, why, and it's not just physical stuff. It's uh, some intangibles. Um, and there, there's a couple other guys who uh, really impressed me, a couple of North Carolina connections that were in the camp, uh, including a basketball, a current basketball connection. So um, really good stuff. Also, there was a big time 2020 offensive lineman on campus that's mentioned there. But yeah, so I, I urge everybody to make sure you read 
the uh, the report from Sunday and read the reports from throughout the week. I mean, th- there's going to be guys who are going to come throughout the week, um, you know, for camps, uh, for uh, just kind of coming by and visiting. There's going to be situations that are going to play out very similar to Storm Ducks um, and very similar to some of these other guys who are landing scholarship offers. That's that's really going to affect the the remainder of this class. So. You know, if if you're a UNC fan, you need to be reading every day because we're going to have a lot and we're going to have interviews with all these guys who are visiting. Uh, we have already. So um, as I mentioned, CJ Clark stuff, um, we're also keeping everybody up to date with the, the signees that are about to arrive, which I know is a little bit off topic. But so definitely every day you should be on Inside Carolina because we're, we're just we're just pumping out the the information this week. Absolutely. And everyone do keep your eyes on the message board for the freak show. Uh, all the information that will be coming out for that. Don, we will talk again sometime soon, man. Well, for everyone here at Inside Carolina, thank you to everyone for listening. We'll talk with you all again soon. Thanks for listening to InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC sports. Your home for Tar Heel football, basketball, and recruiting.